so thankful today just to know Jesus. Amen. I was thinking about what Brother Hammond said about this young man, or these two young men, and how they cried and everything. I'm thinking about what we were before we came to know the Lord. And it becomes old to us. Sometimes I know I forget. I'm forgetting a lot of things lately, it seems. But I forget what it was like not to know him. Just like this young, the young man never even knew that these other things existed. I didn't know that the truth of God existed. I didn't know. Matter of fact, we went to church and we thought, what do these people want? Because it was so unreal. But I'm thankful today. How about you? Amen. Amen. Well, let me put my glasses on here. I will use the uh, electronic stuff, but I don't know how. That don't make me any better or any worse. It's just that I don't know how. So I got index cards. Amen. If you turn in your Bible to the book of Mark, chapter 7, 31 through 37. It says, and again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech. And they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers into his ears. And he spit and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and saith unto him, Epithatha, that is, be opened, and straight away his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man, but the more he charged them, so much the more, a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Amen. I want to preach on a message. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody. How about you? Do you feel that way? Do you remember back when you first came and how God set you free and he spoke to you and he gave you a new life and you look back and you said, man, my life was sure messed up. I got a story to tell about how messed up my life. You got a story and you've heard some stories. But I'm going to tell you, I got to tell somebody what Jesus has done for me. Amen. Brother Haman, if you would pray. Everybody said amen. You can be seated. Amen. Can you picture this scene? 
I don't know how old this person was. I don't know if their father and mother was there. All I know is this person was deaf and had an impediment in their speech. Who knows how long? Maybe all their life. They didn't have all the things we have today, like these hearing aids and other things that they have to help people, amen, with difficulties. And, but this man, boy, child had a need and the Lord met that need. And the Lord touched his ears and he could hear and spit upon his finger and touched his tongue and he could speak. And I think it's kind of humorous when you think about it. He told him, don't tell nobody. <laughs> I'm not contradicting or coming against the Lord, but I'm going to tell you something. If, if I had a son or if I had this problem, could you see him walking down the street later on, not telling somebody? And they're walking and somebody says, you can hear, you can speak. And real casually saying, yeah. What happened? I'm not allowed to tell you. I'll tell you what you would do, and I'll tell you what I would do. I'd be screaming at the housetop. I'd have to say, I got to tell somebody what Jesus done for me. I got to tell him I'm so moved within myself. I'm so changed. I'm so excited that I can't hold it back. I got to tell some. Could you imagine? There's several stories in the Bible where somebody had some miraculous thing done for them where they had to speak. I think about the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. They took her and they, I suppose it wasn't gentle, threw her on the ground before Jesus, thinking that they were going to really rattle his cage. They're going to rattle Jesus' cage, brother. What, are they crazy? Yes. And... An angry mob. They just threw her down and they're all standing there. They're all cocky and looking like a couple of some bulls, you know, and thinking, we got him now. And this poor woman was laying down there expecting to die. It probably wasn't her first rodeo. And it wasn't the first time they watched somebody stone somebody. She had a death sentence on her. She was done. She was doomed. You know what? I felt like that before. I don't know about you. I have felt that way before. I felt like, man, I don't have a chance. I felt so bad before, Brother Haman, and this is not anything that's great. I've looked out my window, cricked out my window thinking somebody was coming to get me because of my past. You say, oh, you was a bad guy. I wasn't no worse than anybody else. But you know what? God did something for me. So this woman's laying at the feet of Jesus, expecting to feel that first stone. She had no hope. She was finished. And yet the Lord entered into the scene. And he said, he without sin 
cast the first stone. And he began writing on the ground. Nobody really knows what he was writing, but he waited. And there was a pause, and from the greatest to the least, they started peeling off Sister Haman. They were moving away because they were convicted. I don't think naturally they could be convicted, but the Lord, through the power of the mighty God and the Holy Ghost power that Jesus had, was showing us down today that somebody, amen, can be delivered, and they were convicted that they brought this woman thinking they were better than her. She was thinking when the Lord said that, where are thine accusers? None, Lord, neither do I. What a dream. Her whole life, I bet that she lived an illicit life up to that point. I don't know, but I, I believe that she made a dreadful mistake. And I believe that she was facing the death sentence. And I believe she probably thought it was all over. But yet Jesus came. Jesus showed mercy. Jesus showed grace. Jesus, amen, entered into the scene and made the difference for her. Can you lift your hands and thank the Lord? She probably laid there and said, this is just a dream. This can't be happening. This is just a dream. But it wasn't a dream. And it wasn't a dream for you and me either. It wasn't just a, her story. It was our story. It's a lot of people's story. Even those that were born in this, my children, all of them were born into this. My daughter was at such a young age that she didn't know anything else. And you know, and some of you are the same way, and some people find fault with you because you've never experienced some of the things. Well, I'll tell you, I give you credit because you face everything everybody else faces. The potential of the enemy working you over, just like the brother said, the hour we live in today, amen, I wouldn't want to be a young person in this, but you are, and you're here today by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. You have something to be thankful for also. She didn't have any hope at all. Amen. No hope. She was doomed. So were we. I was hellbound. I was lost. I don't care if you were a decent human being and you, you know, you did a lot of things right in this world. Without Jesus, we don't have hope. He is hope. He's joy. He's power. He's strength. He's everything. He'll bless your family. He'll let you have a good life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He'll give you peace that passeth all understanding. He'll give it all if we'll give it to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But our sentence before we knew the Lord, before we came to know him, were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, was just like the woman. We had no hope. We were lost. We were sentenced to death. Sitting somewhere in a spiritual cell on death row. So this isn't an uplifting message. Let me finish. 
Matthew, you don't have to turn there, but Matthew 13, 41 and 42 talks about a furnace. We're talking about hell. Jesus spoke much about hell. Book of Luke 16, 19 to 31 talks about a man, a rich man that was in hell. And all he wanted was this poor man to come down and put a little bit of water on his tongue because it was so miserable, so hot, so messed up. I'm getting somewhere tonight, today. I'm trying to get us to a place where we could look back and see where he brought us from and what blessings we have, how happy we are, and we get to a place where we're around people. I got to tell somebody. Life gets so normal. Lord spoke to me, I, I don't have a, a house and a building like to live in anymore. Not because I lost it, but because I sold it and I'm in a uh, motor home. Somebody called me an evangelist. I don't know what I am to tell you the truth. I'm just a guy that loves Jesus. But I was thinking, I no longer have to, he asked me if I worked. I don't have to work. I, uh, but I felt like the Lord was challenging me or speaking to me. He said, this is what you've wanted all your life. You don't have to drive in the mountains and deliver propane anymore until dark and get home. And supposedly you're supposed to minister the gospel. I'll be the first to tell you, I scrambled and put stuff together sometimes when I pastored the church. It's a shame, but that's the way it was. Tired, cold. And all the other times I had to work when I pastored in St. Petersburg, Florida. You had to work two jobs or whatever it was. Now I don't. Now what are you going to do? And is it in my heart that I got to tell somebody? I got to speak something. Do you, do you know you are the hands, the feet, the mouth of Jesus Christ? You are the ones that's got a testimony. Now, you can walk up to somebody and say, hey, do you know Jesus? Yeah, you want to visit my church? Or you can be like this man that was, couldn't talk right and couldn't hear, and you were lost and undone, and now you just are so full of it. I got to tell you about something. I got a testimony. I got to speak to you. I got to tell you about a Savior. I got to tell you about a merciful God. I got to tell you about somebody that's going to take me all the way home one day. I got hope. You got hope. We got hope. And it's in Jesus Christ. Amen. We make our choice. We can live in sin. Or we can choose to live for Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6. 9 and 10 says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. But the next scripture, 6.11, says this. That's what we were. It says, and such were, praise God, such were some of you. 
but, I love that, but you were washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of your God. Praise the Lord, brother. Praise God. Do you feel it? Do you feel where you were and where you are or where you might be today and where you are today? Do you feel it? I feel it. I'm thankful. I got a testimony. And God's been good to me. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. What we were and the mess we were in and the place we were at, God came to our rescue. When we thought there was no hope, there was no place to go, Maybe you were there now. Maybe you've been there. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know what you're going to do. There are all these voices in the world telling you this, telling you that. Where do I go? And the Lord showed up in my life, Brother Haman, and he kicked the door down and said, come on in. Come on in. He took death and hell and he hung it on the tree so we could have life. Do you feel it? Do you? Are you thankful today? Because if you're thankful, if you really are thankful, you can't stand it. You've got to tell somebody. Amen. Can you lift your hands one more time? I know you know, but Jesus paid a debt. He did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. He voluntarily hung on Calvary. He laid his life down. They didn't take it from him. He looked down at man in Isaiah 59 somewhere, and he looked and he saw truth was trampled in the streets and that there was no, no intercessor. There was no man that could stand in the place. So he robed himself in flesh and came down. Died a terrible death, torturous death, a horrible thing. He didn't have to do that, but he did. He was the creator of the, of the universe. He was the almighty God. But he cared and loved us so much that he came down and traveled across a lake somewhere and went to a, a man that was possessed with the devil that we don't even know his name. All we know is he had legion in him. We still don't know his name. And he came and Jesus cast the devil out of this man when there was no hope. No man gave him hope. He ran in the woods, ran up around in the mountains screaming. He hated his own self and cut himself. And he was hanging out in the, in the graveyard. And what a mess. But yet when the Lord, amen, when he wanted, he was clothed in his right mind. And he wanted to travel with Jesus. Who would? Jesus said, no, you stay here. You're my new preacher right here. <laughs> you got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. And man, do you have a testimony? I bet he walked in like Paul did. Remember when Paul walked and they were all afraid of him? I bet they were afraid of this guy too. Isn't that Joe? If your name's Joe, I'm sorry. Isn't that Joe, the guy that was possessed with the devil? Get away, kids. Get over here. I'm all right. I had an encounter with a man. What man? His name was Jesus. 
Praise the Lord. Could you clap your hands loud for Jesus? I used to uh, work. I was in the Army, and uh, I wanted to be a policeman. And they wouldn't let me be because I was too short. But they let me be a jail guard. Pretty easy job. But I've seen a lot of men, and I worked for Larimer County Sheriff's Department for a little while. I've seen a lot of men go to court and sit there and get sentenced 15 years. I know one man did. Isn't a very pretty thing. You know what? We had a sentence on our life. Could you just let my mind go? Could you imagine you're sitting in court, and you know you're going to get... You, Maybe you even, maybe you even uh, agreed to a plead. 30 years, 30 years for me is death. 97, I guess I could live that long, but not in the best conditions, I'll tell you. And you're getting ready to be hauled off, and here comes Jesus. Hold it! See the judge saying to the bailiff, who is that guy? Well, that's Jesus. This isn't on my notes, so ride with me, will you? And Jesus shows up, and he says, it's true, he deserves 30 years, but I'm going to serve it for him. Do you feel that? We sh you know what? My first pastor said, if we got what we deserved, we'd be in a devil's hell. But because we're justified... By the grace and power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Now we're in this house of God today. We're lifting our hands, worshiping Jesus. We know who he is. The whole world out there having church that don't know who Jesus is. It isn't because I studied into the night and figured out, oh, I see, it's Jesus. He's God. It's by the power of the Holy Ghost that he revealed himself to me and to you. Amen. Amen. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He bare our sins in his own body on the tree by whose stripes we are healed. Amen. I just ask you again, can you feel what he's done for you? Are you thankful? Can you reach deep into your heart? I can't speak good enough. I, I'm not able to make you reach into your heart. And say, you know what? I am so thankful today. So I ask you, I'm not asking you to tell me, but think about What's your story? I got one more story, and I'm hurrying on. I'll be done in about, I don't want to lie to you, about five, six minutes. A lot of them say, I'll be done in a minute. They're not done in a minute. When I worked at the Sheriff's Department, I was... Uh, in the jail there, and I used to walk around and talk to people. And I've been, I was hearing things, hearing about this man who had, they called it 250s running wild. They got all these neat little things. He had 250-year sentences. He had been a drug dealer. He was probably 30, but I kept hearing that this guy was having a lot of pool in the pod. A pod is, they have singular cells or two people, and then a day they run around in, in this general area. And uh, 
I was hearing this guy, and they was hearing the guards complaining. He has too much pull on these people. Of course, I'm trying to play like I don't know much about stuff. You know, they know that I'm a Christian and all this stuff. So I asked, and he said, well, he's having Bible studies. And he's a United Pentecostal man. He came to know the Lord in, in jail, I guess. But he was holding these Bible studies. And he was in, he was doing federal time, and he was here for some hearings or something. Do you know? That guy's free today. Feeling the Holy Ghost. What do you think he was telling people? He walked up to people on the street and he said, you know, I got to tell you something. <laughs> they won't, you won't believe me, but I was doomed. A hundred years in jail. God set me free. I just ask you. I already asked you, what's your story? What's my story? I'm going to skip on. There's many of us out there that have a story. And when you look at other people that don't know the Lord, they got a story. But they don't know what you know. They don't know the answer. They, they, they go to lawyers and doctors and psychiatrists and read books, how-to for dummy books. And they run out of hope. And they do strange things. They commit suicide. They have great anxiety. They have depression. They have no hope. But alas, they do have hope. I ask you, because you are excited and you have hope, you have hope for them. Do you have pity? It said in here, Jesus sighed. He didn't sigh because he was frustrated. He didn't sigh because he felt like there was no hope. He sighed because he had pity and compassion and looked at the whole thing, how big it was. Not too big for him, but how big it was. How about you? Do you have pity? Are you compelled to tell? Do you know you hold the keys for people? You know, he said to Peter, you have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So do you. With the knowledge that he had. Amen. Could you lift your hands one more time and I'll <clears throat> move on. Are you thankful today? You said, I'm tired of hearing that word. Are you thankful and exceedingly thankful, ready. Here's what I'd like to say toward the end of this. Are you ready for adventure? Everybody wants adventure. I've seen these crazy guys in those squirrel outfits flying around through mountains. Man, they're nuts. Well, they do all kinds of things for adventure, for excitement. I'm telling you the greatest adventure of them all. The greatest thing in the world is being a disciple for the Lord and being close to him and watching him move, watching him do these things. Greater things than these shall you do. 
I'm going to tell you, Peter and John, when they went to the man that was on, well, the man that was at the temple or at the door, or whatever he was, and he said, "Silver and gold have I none, but such I give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk." I'd like to do that. I'd just like to see it. That's an adventure. When I think about Philip, go over. I just like to hear God tell me, Tony, go over to the desert over there, and there's a guy sitting in a chariot. And uh, he's reading the Bible or reading the scrolls. And what do you do in modern day? He's reading the Bible. Could you go over there and talk to him? Sure. But here's the cool part. Along with that, all of a sudden the guy comes out of the water. Philip finds himself somewhere else. How'd that work? That was better than Star Trek. Trek, sorry. Whoop, gone. Beam me up. But he wasn't talking to Scotty. The eunuch, you know, went home rejoicing. Amen. How about you and me? I got another story that I talked to a man last year. Michael Schrader, I went to his wedding. You may know him. I don't know. I went to his wedding in Baton Rouge, somewhere right around there. And there was a, a, pre, a pastor there and his father. They had a deal to him. He died of uh, COVID and so I asked the son, I said, how did this all, because this place had like eight, 900 people in it. And I go, how did this all begin? Wouldn't you be interested? How did you? He said, well, my dad was teaching a Bible study to eight people about faith, healing, and all the things. I'm not here preaching about healing necessarily. That all comes with the package. The greatest miracle of all is, amen, the salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And he said, well, well, I said, what happened there? He goes, well, he was teaching a Bible study to eight people, and there was a man standing back. If you were around the 60s and 70s, some of you were, I can tell. And there was a guy there, he called him like a hippie. I suppose he had them leather, you know, sandals on, and he looked kind of hippie-ish. And his wife, he called her a flower child. She was there and had a baby that had like a cast or like some kind of things on its legs so that it would straighten them out. After they stood afar off and watched this Bible study, they came down and they said, do you believe what you're preaching? Oh, my. Do you believe what you've heard? Do you believe what you read? And he said, uh, yes. He said, you pray for my baby? Bishop Haman, God has to do it dramatically, huh? He don't have to, but he did this time. He took that baby in his arms and took the braces off, and the bones started cracking. Why do you have to do that? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. You'll never forget that one. His bones started cracking, and the baby was healed. And they brought 20 people to church the next day, and they all received the Holy Ghost. That's where it started. Praise God. I'm going to ask my daughter, she would please come up. I asked Bishop Heyman if I could do that. And if somebody could come to the uh, keyboard. 
Is it easy for you? Can you close your eyes? Could you stand? Could you close your eyes and lift your hands and just dwell upon being thankful? Should be easy to be thankful. It's like this country, this 101-year-old man or whatever he was, he was a Marine. He probably fought over in the Pacific in that awful circumstance over there. And here we are, the beneficiaries today, right here. Can you be thankful? Really press in to be thankful, please. David said, is there not a cause? I like to open up this altar, this area here. If you want to be, you really want to feel it, and you really want to feel that part where I got to tell somebody, there's nothing more greater than speaking to someone and they come and come to the altar and they're baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Does anybody want to come up and commit? God, help me to be thankful. Help me to be a, a witness for the kingdom of God. Who wants to ask? Do you want something in you to be in you? that's just in there where you're pressed, where you can't stand it. I was in Estes Park the other day, and I seen a man and a woman, they didn't look apostolic Pentecostal, they were just standing there at a traffic light, and I said to them, I go, they had a shirt on that said chosen, and I said, is that from that, that movie? And the woman goes, yes. We begin to talk. We're crying at the traffic light, talking about some of those scenes, Nicodemus and my favorite, the woman at the well. And, and we're talking. And they were extras in the 5,000, and they were so nice and shaking hands with me. And when they walked away, they go, we'll see you in the kingdom. I want that all the time. All the time I want to feel that I'm walking in the Holy Ghost. You say, yes, we have good days. We have bad days. But like Brother Bishop Heyman said, if we'll just pray every day, we can enter into that place where we walk. Walk with Jesus. Talk with Jesus. Feel the presence of Jesus. I want to get to that place. How about you? I got to tell somebody.